1: but we'll retire by the time we select our ideal location. We will be speaking to folks from across the street to across the globe who have moved to the dream venues and more. So please stay tuned. And remember, if you know anyone who has moved anywhere for retirement, let us know.
0: Thank you. Hola. Today we meet Don Fleming and Tom Clifford, who retired to Isla Mujeres, Mexico. Isla Mujeres is Spanish for women island. It's located where the Gulf of Mexico and the Caribbean Sea meet. It's about eight miles off the Yucatan Peninsula coast in the state of Quintana Roo, Mexico. The ferry from Cancun takes about 15 minutes and the island's population is about 13,000. Although the island has become touristy with shops and infrastructures to welcome swarms of tourists every day, it hasn't lost its original Mexican-Caribbean charm of a small, lazy town. The town is tiny. It's only five miles long and about half a mile wide, with a few houses around the main street, lots of street vendors, colorful souvenir shops, and restaurants. There are number of beautiful beaches, but Playa Norte is especially noteworthy and has consistently been ranked as one of the best beaches in the world. According to TripAdvisor, it has one of the most unique landscapes of any beach. From Isla Mujeres, <laughs> you can go diving in the underwater museum known as Musa. It's an underwater installation of 500 or so statues by different artists with the purpose to promote conservation. You should do yourself a favor, guys. Search for the photos of Musa online. You'll be blown away. And for those of you who are familiar, I am sure looking at those photos will just make you dream that you were there.
1: Dawn was born and raised in Minnesota. She received a degree in anthropology from the University of Minnesota. After college, Dawn's first husband went to medical school and the couple moved to Irvine, California. The couple split not long after that, and Dawn enrolled at Western State University Law School. After graduating from law school, Dawn worked in real estate, international business law, and was a mentor to thousands of entrepreneurs. In 2003, she married a second husband, Tom. Dawn and Tom began their traveling lifestyle in 2010 when they sailed through the Panama Canal from California to Florida. During their 5,000-mile sailing trip, the couple found a new direction in life. At ages 15, 60 at the time, they knew it was probably too late to accumulate that magic number in their bank account for retirement. Instead, they moved to Isla Mujeres, Mexico, and found a simpler, happier, and richer life at a fraction of the cost of living in the U.S. After being continuously asked how they could do it, Dawn launched a podcast called The Overseas Life Redesign to share the wealth of inspirational stories from people she's met and who are living their dream outside the U.S. Dawn then wrote a book about retirement titled Claim Your Dream Life, How to Retire in Paradise on a Shoestring Budget. In the book, she outlines the step-by-step process she and Tom used to turn their dream into reality. Dawn and Tom also own and operate Overseas Life Redesign, a global coaching and consulting company that encourages others to discover their dreams and bring them to life. Last but not least, the couple owns and manages a Caribbean ocean from boutique hotel in Isla Mujeres, Mexico.
0: So to sum it up, Dawn has done almost everything. Her interests include sailing, tennis and golf on top of everything. So Dawn, you've been around the world. You guys have lived in Florida, then California. How did you and Tom decide to retire in Isla Mujeres?
2: Well, I don't know that we're really retired, as you, right. <laughs> you pointed out. I, right, right. We have this uh, boutique hotel and the uh, overseas life redesign business, but I personally believe the soul did not come here to retire. Uh-huh. So I kind of resisted the word retire in the title of my book. In fact, yeah, I allowed it to be part of the subtitle.
0: <laughs> right, right. But
2: I really have come to view it a little differently. I don't view it as stopping work. I kind of looking, look at it as the next adventure, right? So maybe, maybe doing something different and that work can be paid or unpaid, right? So if we, I have lots of stories in my podcast about people who have found a passion project, whether it's Isla animals and cleaning up. When I first started coming to this beautiful little Island in 1992, I mean, there were packs of wild dogs, That were almost a danger to tourists. And they were breeding like crazy. They were terribly skinny. You could see their ribs in the sides. And uh, one of the gals that had been actually coming here since the 70s was a potter made pottery. She actually started this amazing animal rescue business that exists here on the island. And it's been so successful. She doesn't even work in it anymore. Her passion is rescue, but she's created a team that not only is, I believe last year, they had a spay and neuter clinic on the mainland, which Eastland, Eastland, we had this island, (laughs) <laughs> and there's also East Munch, that municipality that's part of the mainland. Okay. And wow. they actually do an annual spay and neuter clinic. They neutered almost 1900 animals in one week. Oh my God. Doctors wow. fly in from all over the world and donate their time. Mm-hmm. So they have really done an amazing job here. And the, I could tell you story after story about people who've retired mm-hmm. and created an English school, Mm. created a scholarship program for the locals so that they can go to college. And so that's my view of retirement. Right. You know, I do love golf and tennis, but I just couldn't imagine just doing that. Right. And in fact, I had the pleasure of, of interviewing a gentleman on my podcast just last week who talked about the phases of retirement and that vacation phase Doesn't last. Right. Right. Eventually it's like, I've got to do something more. Yeah. And we talked about the research, significant research that says we live longer when we have purpose and meaning in our lives. Yes. Yes. And how many times have you heard the story? A man, you know, retires at 65 and then is dead in a year. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Right. So scary. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so common. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't want to do that, I mean, then you you find something that gets you up in the morning. Yeah. So.
0: Gene and I actually listened to that episode of uh, Riley. Yeah, it was White. really good. It was yeah. really good. And yeah, then I watched great. his TED, TED talk, talk. Yes. And that was really good. And, you know, he was actually comical there. It's true because I took retirement quote unquote, retirement in uh, December. So that's about almost seven months ago. But, you know, we have this podcast, which has become full time work. Thanks to my <laughs> husband. We have other things going on. So I kind of feel like it's semi retirement. Yeah, We so don't like uh, the word
1: retire either.
0: Yeah. yeah, good. We had
1: a big discussion about that when we were naming our podcast, but we, we decided we had to use it. So
0: yeah, yeah. And I actually started a blog a bunch of years ago. And it was about preparing for this phase of life. I didn't want to use the word retire because of all the ageism, right? So I called it Pohana in Hawaiian, which means like, they'll say it at the, it's the end of the day. And then, you know, you'll come back the next day. So I, well, I couldn't just use Pohana. So I made it I Pohana. So that's, that's that part of it.
2: Different word. I've tried as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. So yeah.
0: Very good. Very good. And so You know, you've got Mexico. We've done several episodes about Mexico. Why this particular town? What drew you there?
2: Well, like I said, I've been coming here for 30 years now. It's changed dramatically since then. But so many people that I interviewed have said this. When I got here, I knew I wanted to live here the rest of my life. I knew I was home. There's a I study energy. Mm-hmm. Um, And I talk about that actually in my book. Oh, wow. And I don't know if you're familiar with vortexes, but there's yeah. actually, this is a location of a vortex and the, the, the Mayan in, uh, energy is very strong. The reason Isla Mujeres is called Isla Mujeres is when people start settling here. Now, I believe this, the end of uh this week they're starting the 172 year celebration oh, wow. of this city which really um uh, uh, it's an island but it's it's kind of a the municipality i mean cancun wasn't developed till the 70s the 1970s right wow. so so that's wow. new in comparison yeah. to the island but when they started settling here they found all these figurines of women women mm-hmm and they were offerings that the mayans used to come here it was a shell is the goddess of fertility and so fertility abundance mm-hmm. all of that is what draws people here it's that that energetic pull yeah. that's that's old I mean, it's it's been around for a while. So I think I I felt that immediately. In fact, it's kind of a. will share the the story about coming here. I was in the midst of law school, head deep in a books book. And this is in about uh, 1991 or something like that. And I got a call from, you know, one of these timeshare calls. Yeah. You know, oh, my goodness. Get, oh, yeah. OK. <laughs> and I'm like dying in law school, right? And I, it's $99 and they're going to put me in a hotel in Orlando and send me on a booze cruise to the Bahamas. And so I get out my credit card on, yes, you know, Calgon, take me away. You know, I mean, so I signed up for it. I, I was single at the time, obviously called my best girlfriend in, in Minnesota said, Lori, meet me in Orlando. We're going to go on this cruise and stuff. And we had, we hadn't really traveled together because I was married and, you know, we hadn't spent a lot of time together. So we had the best time on this cruise, you know, drank way too much and just, you know, had a, had a fun <laughs> girls trip. Yeah. And then we said, gosh, you know, this is so much fun. I think we should make this an annual event. So you pick next year. And she said, meet me in Cancun. We're going to East Mujeres." And I didn't, had never heard about it. <laughs> and then it was funny. We We had so much time. We came back subsequently. And actually the next year, there were eight of us. Wow! We each wow. invited friends and uh yeah and we 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 traveled in the it was a big group of women and so that's kind of how it all started and then when i met tom in 2000 we came here i started working in the network marketing relationship business uh, my incentive trip was here in cancun and so i said well we got to go to Isla Because the incentive trips were usually only a four night stay. And if you're coming from California, that's a long ways to go oh, yeah, for only yeah. four nights. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a vacation. <laughs> but we would book um, and we did that multiple times and we would book like four nights here. And then we would go to the network marketing event because it wasn't really like vacation, right? Especially when you're a top earner, like people are always wanting to talk business with you and stuff. And so this was our chance to like, ooh, you know, kind of (laughs) chill a little bit and then get psyched up for our, you know, showtime for our, our, with our company. And so we did that multiple times. In 2010, I actually brought my mom here because... I had won another incentive trip and Tom had been so many times we were getting our boat ready to sail around, you know, this big journey. So he said, you know what, your mom just retired. Why didn't you take her instead? So I brought my mom. Ah, that was nice. I made her (laughs) we rented bicycles and and (laughs) you think this island was flat until you ride a bicycle. Ah. And my poor mother, I don't know, it's been a decade since she (laughs) ridden a bicycle, and there's this one hill going towards the the south end of the island, which as it turns out, I didn't know it at the time, but the south point, the very tip of the island, has two, uh, number one, it's the highest point in the entire Yucatan, elevation-wise, And number two, it's also the easternmost part of all of Mexico. There's a plaque down there in the park that says this is the first place in all of Mexico that sees the sunrise. Yes. Yes. I and, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, That's so where it is. It's okay. A, it's a huge, a, a big party, like new year's day, right? People go down there to see the first suns, uh, sunrise of the, the year. But, uh, but my poor mom and I were, uh, and I wouldn't do it today. It's this Island is just too busy. There's too many golf carts. There's too much traffic, oh. <laughs> but we got to this one. My poor mother, had to get off her bicycle and she's like pushing the bike up the hill, <laughs> but at any rate, I did reward her with the you know five-star all inclusive of the four-day stay because we did the same thing. Yeah. We stayed here for four days and then we went there. And after about day two or three, she says, You know, I really like going to this going to dinner without a credit card. This is pretty cool, you know. <laughs> she never stayed in an all-inclusive before. Oh,
1: that's so great, we had a, I love that.
2: a great time. But then, um, and it, and all the years that so Tom and I came here together for a decade. Every time we came here, we, you know, there's lots of boats, obviously, and there's a fully protected lagoon in the middle of the island. It's one of the completely natural hurricane holes, right? So it's complete. I mean, and and because of the elevation on the other side of the island, I mean, a Cat 5 could hit and probably all the boats would be safe. There's no shelter on the Cancun mainland. The big boats, the the yachts and stuff, they all move them into the lagoon if there's a storm coming. Yeah. Is that a big lagoon? Oh yeah, it's it's pretty big. I mean, if you look at it on the map, it's it's a pretty good. There's several marinas in there, and okay, um, okay, got it, yeah, got it. Yeah, it's it's a pretty big uh, lagoon, and so we dreamed about sailing here. You know, like oh, it wouldn't it be so cool to sail our boat here? And so we did that. We went through the Panama Canal, and then we kind of a long story. Our, our paperwork was messed up with Panama. And so we actually didn't stop all the way from the Panama Canal. When we got out, it was howling. We we did stay at a marina for a couple of days, but we sailed about 850 miles, four nights at sea through very rough conditions. My my husband's a sea captain. He ca- called it a four-day train wreck. <laughs> you could, would hold on with one hand You couldn't do anything with two hands because you had to hang on. In order to sleep, he would literally he we literally lashed ourselves into the bunk in the cockpit because the downstairs it was so bumpy you just get tossed around. And and so we did this for four days. We were sleep deprived. Oh my god! Um, We finally pull in to the channel. There's a they call it the Bay of Cancun. It's the area between the island and the mainland. And the water is so crystal clear, and it's nice. plenty deep. We draw six and a half feet, but it—it it looks like the coral was so close you could reach out and touch it.
3: Oh my God, that's scary! And I was
2: almost in tears thinking we were going to hit bottom <laughs> because. It looked like we were, I'm like, it's too shallow. We're going we're gonna to <laughs> hit oh the bird coral. God, like, yeah. no, no, no. The depth sounder It's 16 feet deep. We're okay. We're okay. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so yeah. coming in wasn't quite the, uh, I mean, we were happy to be in calm yeah. waters and, and definitely ready for some sleep. But it was, it was quite remarkable coming in. And then, you know, being here, at, like, we didn't want to leave, but we had already shipped our cars and our furniture and everything was waiting for us up in uh, Panama City, Florida, which we had selected for our relocation. So we had to go. It was like, but I don't want to go. I feel like home. <laughs> and so... <laughs> So we went. That's a whole another story. I won't. I won't bother you with that. But but we left when we shouldn't have, and and almost lost the boat, leaving the reef. The navy was bringing boats in because the conditions were so bad, but we were going out. And I'm sure the Coast Guard thought we were nuts, but we had already cleared out with our paperwork and they were giving us a hard time mm. because we were still there waiting for uh. a weather window. And so we finally said, well, I guess we should go. And then my girlfriend, the crazy one that we went on the, yeah. the yeah. Uh, cruise with, she came with us. Oh. And, she, of course, she had a flight to catch. So that's the worst thing you can do as a sailor is have a schedule. You you have to really, yeah. right. you know, follow, follow the weather. But at any anyway, rate, so we you know off we went to uh, to Florida and and uh you know it, we Tom was uh, joking about this uh, this weekend during our our workshop. He said, you know, we get into Panama City, Florida. We pull into the downtown marina. we made arrangements, we had a reservation for a slip, and we get there. There's no balloons, there's no marching bands. there's no welcoming <laughs> committee. I mean, we didn't know a soul, really. We knew like one couple that we had had met. So it was like our own personal victory, you know, our own personal yeah, yeah. accomplishment. But there, it was, and we happened to arrive on St. Patrick's Day, so we did go Ooh. have a little cheer on St. Patty's Day. But nobody <laughs> knew us, knew what we had just done or anything like that. And then a few months later, actually, I had uh, I think in that in August, that was in uh, March. So I think in August, word did get around, and I actually was featured on the front page of the newspaper. And they did a feature and it was actually about people moving in you know after their 50s in, in midlife and ah. relocating
0: and oh interesting oh, wow. we'll so, have to read that
2: so it was it was kind of interesting yeah yeah anyway okay. so so what ended up happening was we lived in, in Panama City for two years. They used the words wind chill in the winter uh, weather forecast as it turns out. I thought we thought Florida was warm <laughs> well. Not so much, not everywhere. And being from Minnesota, I don't care for the cold, and I don't do wind chill. So after two years, we we moved down to Punta Gorda, which was Southwest Florida, sure. and sure. we stayed down there for four years. But let's see, I was uh, yeah, I was what fifty five at the time. Tom was sixty five um, at that point. We decided that Southwest Florida was too old because every year it was a senior tsunami. Cadillacs and cataracts, and there would be this <laughs> dissension from the Northland. And our neighborhood would go from about 30% occupancy to you can't get a, a table at a restaurant for two hours. Wow. And so we uh, belonged to a yacht club there that, that had an active tennis group. And, and that was one of the be- best benefits of the yacht club was you could get a table. So that, that difference in season Versus not season. And anybody that's thinking about retiring anywhere, I would encourage them to go during both to experience both because it was a completely different experience. Yeah. Yeah. Being in season in Florida versus not.
1: Yeah. All the snowbirds.
0: Yeah. So, Dawn, tell us, you know, it sounds magical and it makes all the sense in the world. And I love hearing about the vortex and, and I've heard that about other places and it just, I'm waiting to experience that, you know, myself. So I'm definitely going to we should check out Isla Mm -hmm. Mujeres ourselves. Where is the airport that you would use to leave? Does the island have an airport?
2: Uh, well, it does, but it's um, mostly used for uh, scooter lessons and uh, transferring goods um, after oh, the, the uh, oh, it's closed. It, it, it's not a working airport. Like uh, occasionally there's a military ho- helicopter. If the president comes in, he might come in um, in a helicopter and land there. But we go to the Cancun airport. so as you mentioned, it's um, it's actually about an 18 minute ferry ride. From here to the mainland and then it's about a 30 to 40 minute shuttle ride depending on traffic from the ferry terminal to the Cancun airport and that was actually one of the things that attracted us to this area as well is being you can get to just about anywhere from Cancun it's a it's a huge international airport an hour to Florida two hours to Texas three and a half hours to my hometown of Minneapolis, you know, four hours to California. That's great.
0: So so it's easy enough. Yeah. Talk us through how did you find your living quarters? Did you purchase? Did you rent? And what what is that situation?
2: We rented in Florida because we weren't sure if we were going to try it out. And actually, the workshop I just did on Saturday was about how to do an overseas beta test. Ah, right?
0: Yeah, cool. Dip
2: dip your toes in the water before you take the big big plunge. Mm-hmm. And so we did that um sort of domestically before we left. We we like I said tried out Panama City, rented this ginormous house because it came with a slip, it was on the water, and then we rented again in Punta Gorda. And and also we were devastated in the 2008 financial crash. So there was that when we left California, we had three houses in foreclosure. It took us a while to recover. Fortunately, Tom landed a great job at a shipyard in Panama City, literally right after we got off the boat. And then I had a business opportunity come along and Within a year, I was making four times as much as he was as an electrical wow. engineer. So he got to retire. Wow. So wow. that, and then we played and had fun for about four years. And then we said, you know, gosh, we should probably buy something. Mm. And we looked from Sarasota, Bradenton, all the way down to Naples and everything that we looked at. we And we wanted the boat in front of the house. I mean, that's why we came. California, that was about a 15 to $20 million proposition, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Newport Beach, where my husband's from. We're looking and everything's a million bucks. And then you throw in property taxes, seven, dollars $8,000 a year. You throw in hurricane insurance. Oh. And pretty soon you're at $1,000 a month and you haven't even talked about a mortgage yet. So I said, and even though we were making great money my, at that point, my husband, you know, we were doing multiple six-figure income, but there was a little voice that said, mm, don't sign up for that. My first husband, I actually used to follow the Grateful Dead. And one of the songs <laughs> that I love is uh, Uncle John's Band. Sure. And there's a line in there that says, When life looks like easy street, there is danger at your door. And I guess I've sort of lived that way, certainly since the crash, because I was we were blindsided by that. We didn't see it coming. I know some of the financial experts did. We didn't. We thought we were doing all the right things and buying mm-hmm. rental properties and all did. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, kind of blindsided us. So when we Decided we didn't want to sign up for that. I said, "Let's go to Isla." At the time, we just were thinking, "We're going to buy buy something. Where you want to buy something, a la Robert Kiyosaki, that puts money in our pockets." And so that's really was the intention with this property: is buying income property. And the first house we looked at, the numbers did work. It was it was contingent to financing. There's very little financing available for foreigners here. You can't get a mortgage as a tourist. And even the mortgages that are available. I mean, at the time when, you know, the U S was running at what 3%, I think it was, you know, maybe if you're lucky eight or 9% in Mexico. So it's totally different. And then I don't even know about, uh, investment properties, if that's even a possibility, we now do have our permanent residency. So it's something that I could investigate with. But I kind of like that. And I talk about that in Claim Your Dream Life because I started my career in real estate. I basically represented myself for about almost a year with these properties in foreclosure. Now, fortunately, none of them actually went to foreclosure, hmm. but I learned a lot and I learned about how the mortgage industry had changed. And all of the things that were happening with mortgage-backed securities and uh, all the things that were exposed on 60 Minutes, I hadn't really been paying that much attention to it. And so once I realized what had happened, I re- and nobody went to jail,
3: yeah you, are, yeah,
2: you and I tried something like that. We would, but they're still doing some of the same things today. Oh, what yeah. I found in Mexico, and one of the reasons it was so attractive to purchase here, and I, I believe it's less risky, is this largely cash-driven market. Ninety percent of properties, or more, maybe ninety-five, are all cash, and that does means the market isn't manipulated mm-hmm. the way it was in two thousand eight. So I kind of like that. To this day, most Americans don't have a clue what's happening behind the scenes in the financial services industry and the corruption that's running rampant.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
2: it's it's really sad, and it's very scary for for people who get caught unaware. I try to try to do that in my work is you know, educate people on the financial side because there's too, it's too trusting. Most people are like, oh, don't bother me with it. Here's my money, go take care of it. Well, that's how Bernie Madoff
0: yeah, right? okay. was able to do what he
2: did. <laughs> people weren't paying attention, right? Yeah. So yeah. I well, think they
0: trusted you, right? You had that fiduciary responsibility, obviously. Well, yeah, which doesn't
2: exist in the financial services. Industry. Yeah, in fact, I, I was just listening to an interview that uh, Kiyosaki did recently with a financial planner, and he said, you know, it takes about six weeks to get certified as a financial planner.
1: That's it, wow.
2: He said, I took my dog in for grooming. My dog groomer, it took her 18 months to get her (laughs) certification to wash dogs. (laughs) Hairdressers, it takes about 18 months to get a license to cut hair. But you can be a financial planner and take oversee somebody's life savings in six weeks.
0: Okay, so you get to Isla Mujeres, you find this income, Property, right? And what do you live in it as well?
2: We do now. So, what, what happened was, I actually hooked up with a friend of mine. Obviously, I've been coming here for a long time, so made friends. And one of the friends I made used to be a bartender on the beach way back in 1992, <laughs> now owns so the number cool. one restaurant in all of East La Mujeres. Oh, oh that's interesting. great. Yeah. And it's fabulous. But anyway, we had a beer with them, and he said, Don and Tom, Yeah, I think it's it. And then this was 2015. Um, There's been a huge boom since then. But he said, don't buy a condo. There's lots of condos and there's hotels, but there's lots of rules with the condos and the homeowners um, expenses are expensive. And, you know, they close the pool at 10 and people don't like that. And Mm -hmm. the noise rules and all that. He said, there's really a lack of private homes, private villas. Mm. Mm. I recommend you buy a house. And so, like I said, we made the offer on the first one. When it fell through, we actually had, had put some money down and, and we they were about to give it back. And the real estate uh, gal says, you know, there's a, this other house. I think you should come look at it. It's in a much better location. It's downtown. It's on the water. This other one wasn't. It was a, across the street from the house on the water. And we just talked the owners into financing the property at 6%. And we got it down to four, actually. Nice. But it was a... Only four year old home, but it was a non producing property. It was, it was not, it had some design flaws to it. It was painted ugly colors, it was (laughs) decorated horribly. And so I talk about in my work the power of vision to create the life that you want. Mm -hmm. But I also talk about the power of vision to be able to see opportunities that others miss. In particular, like my friend Lisa, she bought an $80,000 condo that was basically an empty shell but it was on the Caribbean and she put some extra money into it. It's probably worth $250,000 of a a two bedroom condo because she had the vision, Mm -hmm. not of what it was, but what it could be. And so that's what's happened uh, with our house. And actually we're getting ready to, to move on to our next dream. Ooh. I can talk to you about that if you like, but we have, we're, we're getting ready to uh, put it on the market. In fact, we may even have, I don't want to jinx it, but we might even have somebody interested. So mm. we'll see, but we have at least tripled, perhaps close to quadrupled the value since wow. 2016. Wow.
0: So for members of our audience, like what kinds of numbers can we talk about here? Like they were interested in doing the same, a private home. Well, so or, this, or?
2: yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, Lisa bought her place. Um, now, it's, this for was a 90. couple of years ago. We've seen huge appreciation here. Um, it's a lot of growth since we've had ours, but we bought our house for $475,000. $475, mm-hmm.
0: And what size um, was we, that? And so on.
2: It was two bedroom, two bath, okay, pretty spacious, zero lot line. And then we're right on the Malecon, which is the boardwalk that oh, runs oh. between the properties Sounds and nice. the, the sort of it's up on the hill with rocks and stuff. It's not beach. It's the Caribbean side. So okay. it's kind of okay. the weather side of the island. Mm-hmm. But it's panoramic view wow. on there. And then on the rooftop of the studio that was on the second story, you could see the view was fabulous. Wow. And so I saw the, because we're at the narrowest part of the island. So oh. now, actually, our we've built a third floor, which is where our apartment is. Okay. We have a two bedroom, two bath first level. We changed the one studio to two studios. We pushed out the wall about sixteen feet because it was set way back on wow. the lot for some 16 reason. Sixteen feet. Yeah. So we have divided that into two beautiful oceanfront apartments. So the still have a nice patio, king beds, uh, living areas, dining area, full size refrigerator, full kitchen, and wow. full bathroom those two apartments. And then our suite uh, I'm sitting in my office right now. It's about 10 by 12. We have mm. a stackable washer and dryer here. So I don't have to go all the way down to the yeah, first floor yeah. to wash clothes. Right. And then uh, we have a really nice uh, master suite uh, with the view and the master bedroom hat goes, you know, both, To the south end of the island, and then the Caribbean, and then the living area and kitchen. So it's kind of we call it a a, Tom calls a micro hotel. I said no boutique hotel sounds better. (laughs) Yeah, don't go calling it a micro hotel, right? So and then we still have the rooftop, which you could potentially go up another level. Oh my god! Yeah, and we have just decided that you know what we we want to play some more of that golf and tennis. We have one tennis court on the island. Mm -hmm. The golf courses are all in Cancun, and they're all pretty much at high-dig resorts. They Uh, do mm. give the uh, a local discount, a couple of them. But then you have to schlep your golf golf clubs on the ferry. We do have a car. Mm -hmm. But the car ferry, the last one comes back at 530. So if you play golf, you either got to play early or else spend the night. So it's just been a little bit of a a hassle in that that regard. Mm -hmm. And my Newport Beach husband has informed me he does not want to live this close to the ocean. We're about 12 feet from breaking waves because Hmm. everything rusts. Oh, uh, oh, sure, sure. Had destroyed his brand new motorcycle in three years. Oh, well, wow. Completely deteriorated. Air conditioning units last about two years. Wow. Wow. Thankfully, they're cheap. It's not like the central air. They're the mini splits, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's such
0: a waste. Yeah.
2: It's high maintenance mm-hmm. living by the ocean. People want to live by the beach. You know, they, I think they may fail to take into account right. this or st- anything that's steel. We you know, we purchase wood and plastic whenever possible. Okay. I, you see me go around in the store in Cancun and I'm knocking on things to see what it's made out of, right? Is it metal? Oh, it's metal. Forget about it. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So it's, it's really, and we're sailors. So yeah. we were so you know somewhat yeah. prepared, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not yeah. to the street yeah. yeah.
1: So your house you're saying it's it's worth close to two million now, I guess, right?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. House
1: house and hotel. But what can you get say on the low end, what can you get a house or a condo for on the island? Yeah, well,
2: actually there's a, a house right across the street from the tennis court where I just was this morning, and the uh gentleman died. It's I wouldn't be interested because it's Casa Bahia Verde. He was a Green Bay Packers fan. I'm from Minnesota. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Up there, get a little Green Bay Packers thing on his golf cart. That's so funny. He passed, and his house is for sale. I think I want to say it's maybe three fifty. Might have even dropped to like two ninety nine. Um, but it has not only living quarters, but I believe there's an apartment on the premises as well. So ah, someone can live okay. there and still be able to rent out the apartment mm-hmm. um, and be able to. But here's the thing you know how much we pay in real estate taxes?
1: Close to nothing.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Less than $250 a year. Whoa, oh my goodness. That's so nice. Oh that's goodness. incredible. Yeah. On,
1: on your place, that's all you pay? Oh, my goodness. That's yes, incredible. She's
2: not now, here's nodding everyone. <laughs> in Mexico, there's a 2% transfer tax that you pay. And okay. the closing costs are about 2%. So it's going to cost you about 4 or 5% in closing costs. So that is substantially more than people are used to paying. But what would you rather do? Would you rather pay a one-time transfer tax? Or would you rather pay yeah, $7,000, yeah. $8,000 sure. every year right. with it going up and up and up all the time? As your property value goes up, which is what we experienced in now in California, we were we have two percent max because of Prop 13. Mm -hmm. But in Florida, I think they have something similar, but it still goes up. I mean, I still own one of my rentals there, Mm -hmm. and it just keeps going up. And then I got Mm non-renewed on our insurance. I had to scramble and try to find because of the hurricanes and so on. Sure, sure. We don't even have insurance here. And Mm -hmm. people go, What? You don't have insurance. Well. What are my risks? I'm an attorney, right? By training. Mm-hmm. So it's concrete. It's not going to burn. Okay. Maybe somebody could fall asleep with a cigarette, although there's no smoking inside the property, but potentially some smoke damage. Okay. Yeah. That might be a little bit ugly. Let's see. Premises liability. Well, actually have in my rental contract that if you fall down and hurt yourself and you want to sue me, guess what? You're going to sue me in Mexico and it's going to be under Mexican law. Good Good luck. Do you know what premises liability says in Mexico? No, no. <laughs> you should have been more careful. <laughs> <laughs> it's about taking personal responsibility, not winning the lottery.
3: Oh my yeah, God. yeah, yeah, yeah. So
2: I don't worry about that. Somebody falls and, you know, I had a, a, you know, kid running around the pool. You're not supposed to run by the pool. That's what the rules said. Kid ran by the pool, fell down, cracked his head open, went to the <laughs> emergency room. His dad paid a whopping $40 at emergency to get three stitches in his hat. Oh, wow. Okay. So there's that too. That's another whole aspect of it. You know, theft, I suppose, would be, but the the one thing I did want to insure for was lost income. Well, you can't get insurance for that.
0: (laughs) Now, what about amenities and things like that? If people move in the cost of, um, yeah,
1: the cost of living for other things. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like uh,
0: utilities and electricity. What about those things?
2: Most things are really cheap. Especially compared to the United States, especially after all this inflation, because we've been back okay. a couple of times the past couple of years. Uh-huh. There are two things in Mexico that are not cheap: electricity and cat food. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> we have three cats. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and but we we have there's a couple things. Um solar is possible. And we've actually, if we were to stay, we would do that. We could probably drop our power bill in half without really compromising the rooftop, like putting in a pergola with, with solar panels, what have you. Mm -hmm. But we did already uh, cut our bills in half because we found my uh, neighbor a few doors down that also has a vacation villa, found a company in Australia that sells universal remotes. See those mini splits that I told you were cheap. Well, when you install them factory setting on the remote, you can take it down to 16C, which is about 60 degrees. Yeah, yeah. At which point, if you run them 24 hours due to the humidity and overtaxing the compressor, they either burn out or they freeze up. Literally, they get frozen because of the condensation. So all of these tourists. That are used to central air come down and they turn on the AC, they, they crank it. it down to 16, and then they go to the beach all day. Yeah. And they <laughs> let it run and it freezes up and shuts. So uh-huh. Gordon found these remotes. You can program them to set a minimum. So we set them to. Twenty-four, 20, you know, about seventy-five degrees.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you
2: need it colder than that, you probably have no business coming to the tropics. <laughs> kind of our philosophy. It's hilarious.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. So for a two-bedroom, two-bath, what would be the average monthly bill? The rent? No, the uh, electricity.
2: Oh, the electricity. Okay. So, well, I just paid ours. We have, uh, like I said, you know, big, you know, basically yeah. a boutique hotel, yep. and you, we, you pay for two months. So we get you get billed every sure. month, and it was just seven hundred dollars.
0: Okay, okay,
2: for the whole place. Okay, and so basically three fifty a month, and it, this was kind of the hot time of year. Yeah, yeah, we were paying more than that in Florida.
0: Sure, sure. Uh,
2: the other thing that we did with the construction is we now have five electrical meters okay. on our property because in Mexico you get a base allotment, allotment that's dirt cheap, but it's not very much. Ah. Uh, hmm. So now we have five base allotment.
1: Oh, that's smart!
3: Yeah,
2: where initially we only had two. There was right. one for the upstairs and one for the downstairs right. studio. Right. So now uh, the upstairs units. studio and the downstairs. Mm-hmm. So that also dramatically reduced sure. the, the yeah. Bill.
0: I'll bet that was smart.
1: You just mentioned, and I I didn't want to forget that a two bedroom apartment. What would that cost to rent? Do you know?
2: You know, there's such a big range. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, we we had a our, our friend. Um, and a client actually came down from Canada to do a one-month beta test in October of 2020. And his budget was about four or $500 a month. And there were three decent options oh, wow. for that. Now, it's not going to be downtown right next to the main beach. It's going to be mm-hmm. mid-island, more in the colonias, you know, the, the mm-hmm. local neighborhoods. I would say probably... 400 range, maybe 500 to a thousand, you could probably get a pretty decent place. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. Okay. okay.
1: Is the cost of living on the island, say, for food, a lot of money? Because a lot of islands, say, you go to Hawaii. Yes. Very, very expensive there because they have the flyer thing, but you're not so far from, from Cancun. No, because
2: we're so close. They do have a car ferry. Things, certain things are a little bit more expensive, but there's a Chidrari is a Mexican Walmart mm-hmm. brand. And there's one here on the island that wasn't here years ago when I first started Oh, oh wow! Just, so you have everything you need. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but it's it is like a department store. You know, the selection isn't as good in in Cancun, and quite honestly, it's a very poorly run store. But I I won't get into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they stopped ordering. They they I guess people kept taking the grocery carts. Oh. So they don't order them. Now they have these little plastic tote things, but you can't take them down to the car and it's on the second floor. Oh my goodness. Oh my it's crazy. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. So they're having some, some challenges there, yeah. but we typically, there's a Costco Home Depot, mm-hmm. you know, Walmart's in Cancun. So about once, you know, for sure once a month, maybe every couple of weeks, We'll take our car over. We bought a, uh, we had no car for two years. We just had a moto, a little scooter that we run around the Island in. Okay. And then we just, you know, take taxis into Cancun to go shopping. Mm-hmm. But uh, after about two years, especially when we started managing the place ourselves, buying supplies and paint, you know, big buckets of paint and all that kind of stuff. So we bought a Nissan Rogue, a used Nissan Rogue. And that was about sixty two fifty. Uh, $6,250 for a 2011 oh, okay. Rogue. Loaded. Leather seats, AC, very nice uh, SUV, mm-hmm. which is about half of what they were going for in the United States. back. That was 2019 before the huge increase. And yeah,
1: now forget car. about it. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, my girlfriend, Diane, she got a little uh, Chevy, something or other little Econobox car, $1,700. Oh,
1: wow. <laughs>
2: yeah. And insurance is not, we pay less than $300 a year, a year, for full coverage for two drivers oh on our Rogue.
3: Wow.
1: It's
2: amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We paid probably about two, at least 200 250 a month in Punta Gorda for our cars. Now we had multiple cars. What about healthcare?
1: Is there a hospital on the island?
2: There is. There's two, actually two. There's the regular public. And they just built a brand new naval hospital because the Navy base here is on the island, the Fifth Fleet. For uh, the Mexican Navy is is right across the street from my house. Actually, it's really wow. nice. They're really good neighbors. They're quiet. I've been told that that hospital will also take cases of civilians. Oh wow! That was nice. kind of the, part of the the deal. But there's there is an uh, ambulance, a boat ambulance that will take you across uh, at 24 hours if you need to go to the mainland for uh, for care over there. My husband just has Medicare. He's 70. I have I kept my insurance for two years, just honestly because I was too lazy to do anything about it. I just <laughs> it was it was a pretty decent plan at the time, mm-hmm. and I finally said, you know, this is silly, I should probably look into something else. And I was pleased to find I think initially started about one hundred and six dollars. It's gone up a little bit. I think it's about one hundred and thirty dollars a month, but it's a international health insurance plan through I am global. In fact, I being a A non-resident, I'm actually able to be an agent. So I actually sell this plan and travel insurance, trip insurance through my company website. They're fabulous. But here's the rub. It excludes the United States except for three days of emergency care. So basically, you (laughs) You get get the the benefit of not participating in the bloated, super expensive, poorly run medical System that exists in the United States, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I talk about in my book that the U.S. is number one per capita on the entire planet in healthcare spending, and it's number thirty-seven in quality.
0: It's wow, yeah, it's yeah, it's,
2: it's just it's it's like the biggest topic, you know, yeah. unnecessarily. Yes, right? but yeah. not in so, our
0: international shows. That never seems to be an issue. It's no, yeah.
2: so it's great. I mean, thankfully, we haven't had to use it. But but let me just tell you, this is. I, I mentioned this. I think I did a, a podcast on this. But, but just to give you an idea, so we teach our. You know, what we talk about in in our company is the best healthcare plan is good health. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Of and so, but you know, that's not real popular topic in the United States. People don't really talk about that too much. Personal responsibility. Again, the thing is. We hadn't seen a doctor. None of we, neither one of us take any prescription drugs. We eat well, we exercise, we are healthy individuals, but neither one of us had been to a doctor in about five years. Wow. So we said, you know, we should probably, you know, I'm 60 or 70. Like let's get, you know, look under the hood, check the tire (laughs) pressure, you know, do all this stuff. So we walked down two blocks from our house to the clinic where they're doing COVID tests, but they do everything else. We paid about $220 US for both of us for full blood work wow. and urine test. Wow. We didn't need doctor's orders. Mm-hmm. It was emailed to us the same day by 6 PM. Wow. wow. a test for Tom. I then called, actually, I, I emailed Dr. Greta. She's a British physician on the island. She used to be a gynecologist, but being here, she's more of a GP, yeah, right? Yeah. And I... I set an appointment for our physical exams. We pulled the records, the copies of both of our blood tests from 2017. So we took those with us. She spent about 30 to 45 minutes with us, did full exams, blood pressure, weight, you know, all that stuff looked, went over our blood work with us, gave me a script for a mammogram. And I see a chiropractor was in a couple car accidents when I was young. So I said, mm. you know, it might be a good idea. to Get some x-rays and see yeah. if you make, yeah. make sure everything's cool there. So she gives me the uh, scripts for those. We go to pay and said, you know, how much is it? It was a thousand pesos for both of us, mm-hmm. which was about $50. Wow. Wow. <laughs> then I go online to Salud Digna. Which is this great big uh, lab company in Cancun? Mm-hmm. I order my tests that I want. I schedule my own appointment for my mammogram for which was like the next week. Mm-hmm. Try getting a doctor's appointment in Florida during season.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, that, I can right? relate.
2: So I go online and it says, "Oh, if you want to prepay before your appointment." We're going to give you a 10% discount. Wow. <laughs> now, unfortunately, my U.S. credit card wasn't working. I tried several of them. But for the unbanked here, the OXXO, which is like a 7-Eleven,
0: okay.
2: is a place where they can pay their bills and they oh. can recharge their phone chips and, mm-hmm. and all this. So I print out the receipt. Take Tom takes it down. It was $70. Wow. For my mammogram, five x-rays. Wow. That's amazing. And I had it the very same day in my email. They sent it to me. Wow. I put it in to send to my doctor. I sent the x-rays to the chiropractor. Oh, the chiropractor. So my chiropractor, he charges 500 pesos. He's Belgian. (laughs) He used to run a school in Veracruz. has two sons that took over his school. Mm -hmm. And- while I was at Dr. Greta's office, she says, well, I don't know which image you need. I said, well, give me one second. Let me text Dr. Ben. Dr. Ben pa- texts me back immediately oh my God, you and have says, I need this, this, this angle. So I show it to her. She goes in, orders it. I mean, it couldn't be any. I can't
0: believe this.
2: This is amazing. Or wow. drastic. Difference. Wow. That's unbelievable. And that was our most recent health experience. So then I, yeah, I sent my mammogram to Dr. Grota, sent the X-rays to Dr. Ben mm-hmm. and uh, everything was peachy keen, and you know, we're done. Wow. There's no insurance. There's no, who, or oh, are they, they going to pay it? Are they going to reject it? Oh, how much is it? Uh...
0: <laughs> that is unbelievable. Well, as of today, one Mexican peso is equal to 0.049 gene. US dollar. So
2: go, go with oh, that. So that's a nickel. Base. About 20 to one. <laughs> so yeah. What, yeah. 20 what to one. Do, you, whatever it is, if it's, in, if it's 10,000 pesos, lop it in half and take yep. off a zero. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. <laughs> so let me ask you, we've heard this is true for pharmacies in other Mexican areas. I assume you go in with a prescription. You pretty much don't have to wait. And then you, the next time you don't even need a prescription for a refill. You just say, Hey, it's me. And same, same in Isla Mujeres, I assume.
2: Oh, I forgot to tell you about my colonoscopy. Yeah. I <laughs> <I> <laughs> a
1: great a subject.
2: For colonoscopy too, because <laughs> oh, I had my had since Panama City. They found some polyps. We have, I have a history. I had a uh-huh. grandmother, my uh-huh. Mom. Uh-huh. So I go, she gives me a recommendation, gives me a script for that. I go online. I contact them through WhatsApp. They uh, set the appointment for. I mean, like they can get me in like within days, right? Wow. And I'm like, "Oh well, wait a minute, I'm going out of town. Like I, I you know, yes, I, yeah. I can't come in that quick." So they tell me what to get, and yeah, I go to the pharmacy. I show them what's on my phone. Yep. This yep. is what I need. Mm-hmm. Okay, she goes back. I don't even need a prescription from them. They just That's told me incredible. what to get for the prep stuff, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. And then all oh, that I go wonderful in stuff. Yeah. And there's a young English-speaking anesthesiologist. It's a little clinic. It's, it's like, you know, it's nothing fancy, but it's mm-hmm. outpatient, modern equipment. As usual, you don't even, you wake up and you're like, oh, it's over already. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it was 8,000 pesos mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for that procedure.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I didn't get one before we left Florida because when I went back and looked at the bills, I mean, you were talking... Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, and the mm-hmm. coverage that I had at the time, I had a wellness benefit that only paid six hundred dollars for colonoscopy.
0: Wow. I said,
2: "How much is this going to cost me?" Do you know they wouldn't tell me? My doctor couldn't tell me because he says, "I don't know what we charge. We we just bill the insurance company and we yeah. do whatever." I they hate,
0: they when, they, I, I hate <laughs> when they. Act I hate when they. Then I call
2: the insurance company and mm-hmm. they say, "Well, we can't tell you that. This so is a ridiculous. private contract between us and the doctor."
0: Oh, that is.
1: So so I typical, couldn't get. I
2: ended up doing the Cola guard thing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. at home test instead. And so that's why I figured I'm like, you know, I better go. So, and then same thing. I mean, I got the uh, results. I, there was, they did find some polyps, so they had to send them to the path and then, you know, got the report afterwards and, you know, it was fine. But I mean, what a different experience. Unbelievable.
1: Um, You're so close to Cancun, but I imagine it's, it's quite a different lifestyle there on the island. Oh
2: yeah. how I so. would say that Isla Mujeres is an 18 minute ferry ride and a world away from Cancun. Oh, ah, I like okay. that.
1: Okay. And and this question, I hate to ask because, you know, in the United States, we've had so many mass murders lately, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How's the safety in uh, on the island?
2: <laughs> well, um, I actually have a flow chart that uh, talks about that, but it's it's kind of funny. It's like, uh, do you plan to get drunk out of your mind or get involved with the cartels? Uh, no, no. You're right. just as safe as in the United States. But I mean, yeah. you know, like any place, and I do address this in my book too, because it is, it comes up so frequently. It really depends on the local. I tell people, do local research. When you say, is it safe in Mexico? It's like saying, is it safe in the United States?
3: Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
2: yeah sure. Right. Depends so there's, there's are, that right. aspect of it. And um, yes, there is some gun violence down here. It is almost exclusively cartel related. Mm. And they, do hits. We had during, there was a change of administration back uh, last uh, September. There was an election. We got a new president here on the island. And apparently, you know, the cartels are affiliated with, you know, certain stripes of political parties and whatnot. And so there was this changing of the guard and there were some hits that were, that took place on the island. They are targeted. They are precise. They, there's no collateral damage. They don't, Spray mask bullets. I don't worry about going to the movie theater in Cancun and getting mowed down by an ak seven <laughs> or AR-15, whatever it is they're using in the United States, these <laughs> military weapons. That military does have weapons. The police do have weapons. But that's that's about it. The, the ATM guys, you know, there's the security guys. They got yeah. their weapons. Mm-hmm. As far as violence, I mean, uh, there was one guy about a year and a half ago, who said, oh, this lady went shopping in Cancun and she disappeared, this German lady. Well, it turned out it was the boyfriend. She never <laughs> went to Cancun to go shopping. Her body ended up uh, being discovered in the drink. Um, <laughs> so, you know, because it was freaked out a lot. There's a lot of single women here and they saw that yeah, and they're like, yeah. oh my gosh, you know, oh, it's sure. not safe to go shopping in Cancun anymore.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. I can imagine. So a couple of little things, because you've covered a tremendous amount of information and thank you. That's part of your legal training, my <laughs> dear. The day-to-day kind of stuff. Can you walk to a cafe? Are there groceries in little markets or little, you know, stands? Talk to us about
2: that. Yeah. and in, in fact, I'm um, kind of, uh, as a follow-up to the question you asked me about um, things being expensive, there's a wonderful little uh, central mercado, not far from the beach. We I walk the Malecon down there and Raphael, there's Raphael Senior and Raphael Junior. My little vegetable guys. (laughs) Yeah, I knew I was in the right place because my friend Sergio, Sergio, that has the number one restaurant, that's where he shops. Right? Uh, Oh, Uh, follow Sergio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I just went shopping. Actually, we went for breakfast. There's a little loncheria, which is like these little cafes. They're they're yeah. like side by side. They're all different proprietors, right? Right. And so I had huevos rancheros. My husband had his favorite mushroom and cheese omelet, mm. and it was ten dollars for both of us. Nice.
3: Wow! For okay. breakfast. Okay.
2: While we were waiting for the food, I went into the Mercado, came out with a bag of groceries. I mean, bananas, four avocados, onions, uh, zucchini, tomatoes. I mean, it was a big bag of Mm -hmm. produce and it was 330 pesos. So about 15 dollars
0: nice very nice huge bag of grocery. okay okay so
2: they do like and like you said the car ferries run uh regularly they're very big there, there is so much locally grown produce and i mean mexico supplies the united states
0: yeah yeah yeah
2: produce so okay. there it's not like it's imported so we really yeah. haven't seen much inflation mm-hmm. on the food side okay on
0: the, the so food. if i didn't have a car it would be fine
2: yeah, a lot of people. And okay. actually, we have a bus here on the island. nice. Oh, um, wow. That came online, I think just before uh, COVID, but. Uh, the the tourists uh, the, were being picked up by the taxis, the little school children and the locals couldn't flag down a cab to save their soul because they pay, <laughs> of course, local rates. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Not yeah. the tourist rates. Uh, so they would stand there. So finally they got bus service and okay. the locals mostly use that, but you also can buy a day pass if you're a tourist. So oh, don't true. want to drink and drive. They have some variety checkpoints if you're driving a golf cart, like zero tolerance alcohol. So uh-huh, uh-huh. if you think you're going to jump on a golf cart and you know, <laughs> with your bear on the way i got bad news for you Oh, yeah, take a bus you yeah. jump on jump off and yeah and yeah yeah done the whole day
0: okay and and i i know someone like you even though we don't know each other well but you wouldn't stand for this internet service i see is it really good because everyone lives on whatsapp right and
2: i wouldn't that far now we what we did we tom and i've had the same telephone numbers since california like i've had mine since 1996 okay so we kept we have a north america plan at&t oh, mexico uh, canada and actually i just got an email saying they've added 17 latin american countries whoa. to this plan same you know unlimited data roaming mm-hmm, everything mm-hmm, yeah and now it's definitely more expensive than what you would pay if you got a local Mexican number and then you, you had, but here's the rub. You have to prepay. It's not like in the States where uh, they send you a bill and then you pay it. Oh, no. based on your so you can be talking on your phone. And if you run out of time, like your conversation's over, you <laughs> got to go down and re- re- recharge. your <laughs> It's not so easy to figure out how much time you have left. Sure. You
0: know? sure, so sure.
2: Anyway, I just had a conversation with my friend about this. Because we use our phones for our business and sure. it's tax write-off and all of that, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I'm not. It's gonna, worth we're it. We're saving yeah. so much money on so many other areas. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to, and because the other thing is, the people that do have the Mexican phones, even though they're supposed to be international phones, they've had a lot of them have had trouble when they go back to the states. They're not able to use their Mexican phone the okay. way that they thought. Oh, they interesting. Could. Okay. So there's some some caution there, but the internet it has improved since we first moved here we have the best service available mm-hmm. but obviously if there's no power there's no internet so <laughs> the power does go out from time to time they because of the growth of the island they're having to they have a generator actually at the airport. They brought in the power company that runs almost constantly this time of year oh to supply the power that's needed. They really need to redo the underground cables yeah. uh, from the mainland, but they haven't. I guess the previous president took all the money and,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you, you talk about you talk about all the tourists. Do the tourists bother you, all the tourists? Are you no. like them because you have a hotel? <laughs>
2: Exactly. There It's a double-edged sword. But that's one of the reasons we're going. We're kind of tired of living in Disneyland. So the latest statistics, anywhere between 20 and 25,000 visitors a day. A day? A day. Oh, my
3: goodness.
0: That's amazing. For wow. That little
2: yeah, my sleepy little hidden jewel <laughs> island <laughs> from 1992 doesn't exist
1: anymore. Wow. Aww. But you've talked about you love the Mayan people. Why, why do you say that? Why do you say that?
2: They are some of the kindest, most generous and welcoming people I've ever seen. And, and it's not just me saying that. I, we hear that over and over. I've heard it multiple times. The people are just so nice. The maid that we have, she we've had her now since 2019. I mean, she's like family. Um, you know, she, if we get rid of anything, she gets first dibs on it. Mm-hmm. Like we have food left. A lot of times people buy way too much food when they're, yeah, yeah. we load her up with food when she leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, they're, they're so appreciative. They're so non-material. I mean, they, for, for people that have so little, yeah, you would think, yep. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. they're so yeah. grateful. Absolutely. They're so pleasant. And it's so refreshing after the entitlement and the vitriol yeah, and all yeah, of the yeah. stuff that we're seeing in American culture right now. It's a breath of fresh air.
1: All right. Oh, in case a, a hurricane is coming, do you have an exit plan <laughs> or are you you just, just going to stay in your brick
3: house?
2: We live in a castle. Yeah. So we have <laughs> hurricane shutters across. And, oh, and I forgot to tell you, we did live in our boat for the first two years uh, when we moved down here. Oh, because wow. we, didn't, we stayed here sometimes when it wasn't rented, but we got tired quickly of going back and forth. But that was when you talk about the beta test. I mean, that was our, our plan was it's like, well, let's take our boat there. We can live anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then if we decide we don't like it, our house moves. We'll just go somewhere else because it's a 50 foot sailboat. It's like a two-bath condo. It's Uh a big boat. We still have it. It's in the lagoon. Knock on wood. We didn't have any hurricanes in six years in Florida. And in five years here, we had two or three in one month. (laughs) It was in October of 2020. And there was talk about the vortex. So this was really weird. So there was a, there was a bad one that was, I think it was Delta or something like that. It was coming in hot. It was coming in as a cat four and, 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 and it was headed straight to the Island. Everybody was just praying. And really that thing dropped from a cat four to a cat two in like a half hour, 30 minutes before wow. it made landfall. Wow. How do you explain that? I mean, there was no reason for it to drop like that, the way that it was picking up speed. Yeah. So oh bizarre. when we built our third floor, our first and second floors both had the hurricane shutters. We only have the windows across the front because, like I said, it's zero lot line. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we have street side, but that's the opposite side of the water. So we didn't buy the hurricane shutters initially. And we were at that time, we only had half of our apartment done. We were in the bedroom and it was about four in the morning. And um, my husband, being an engineer, he said, "Don." I think we need to move over here because we were, we had the sitting area. We're kind of living in this, this bedroom suite side, the glass, we have hurricane glass and it was flexing so bad. Oh
1: my goodness.
2: Because of the pressure. Cause we thought, well, what, nothing's going to fly into it. There's no trees. There's no, just, yeah, yeah. just water. Right. And after that we said, we might get those hurricanes, but <laughs> <laughs> so we had, we had them stalled.
0: They're that strong.
2: I mean, they would, withstand. It was loud as the thing. It was so mm, freaking loud. Uh, it, I've been through I grew up in the Midwest, so I'm familiar with tornadoes. Mm-hmm. And they have sort of that freight train sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about that. Well, so do these storms. Mm. I was like, and my girlfriend, Diane, she took off. She she went through a cat five in Florida, I guess, uh, years ago. She said, I'll never do that again. <laughs> and so she took off. She, she left. So, so the hurricane itself, the biggest problem is, A, if the power goes out, right, you can't open the windows if it's pouring rain. So, you know, it gets very warm and steamy. And then if the power's out, like you have no internet, you know, you have like, nothing. so it's just inconvenient. And then in our case, we don't have any water if we don't have any power because we have a lift pump downstairs. Mm. So, you know, we have drinking water with the Garathons for drinking water and then end up using the pool water to flush the toilets, you know, because mm-hmm. you don't oh, have power. Grandma. So it's, it's, there's, there's challenges, uh, you know. like But I, you stayed. Uh, yeah, but we stayed. and. We probably would again, just because I, I mean I, I you've probably seen this too, you know, people go to leave and, and evacuate for a hurricane and like the hurricane changes course and actually goes yeah, to yeah, where yeah. they went to. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we've yes. heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> right. That is still scary as hell. <laughs> yeah. Particularly yeah. predictable. You know, yeah, exactly. it's like yeah. with our luck, we'd go evacuate somewhere and that's where the storm would go, right? Right. Well, and right. then there's the concern too that if you leave, what happens if it's really bad and they won't let you back?
1: Yeah,
0: Ooh. your home, right? Yeah. It's a, it's so, a, you know, it's a real risky
1: uh, venture. And I, I just have a quick question: Where do you plan on going to if you sell your home?
2: Ah, so we went to merida to buy our, our car ah, i yeah. don't know if you've done any interviews with yeah, no we've done,
1: we've done Chalem, which is near there yeah yeah
2: okay yes yeah, very good that's a beach town yeah but okay well then so we'll redo it we'll do another one when i get over to merida yes, so yes. We yeah this i hate to even say this because i don't want everyone to know about it but um uh, right I will, don't disclose don't disclose.
1: <laughs> we we, we found we'll...
2: a golf course community ah it's about 20 minutes from uh progresso which okay. is okay. a beach town up there. And there's Marina that we found slip fees are about half of what oh. we're paying here. Cool. Uh, wow. It's a, you know, old Spanish city. It's mm-hmm. like going to Europe, sidewalk cafes, beautiful. Yeah. 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 It's a lovely, lovely city. Oh. They do have tourism there. There are uh, cruise ships that go into progresso a couple times a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they will bus people into Merida, but it's not like here. Yeah. Or, you know, the, it's a normal city. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a normal community. Yeah, know, a, a tourist. Well, Don,
0: <laughs> this has been amazing. And yeah, let's stay in touch because we want to follow you to the other side of wherever. <laughs> <laughs> Any last words as we part company? Any last words of wisdom for future retirees or semi retirees?
2: Yeah. So I believe in a world where on your deathbed, you never look back. And think ah, what if.
1: I love that. I love that. I, I just want to remind everybody Dawn and her company is Overseas Life Redesign, and her book is Claim Your Dream Life How to Retire in Paradise on a Shoestring Budget.
0: Yeah. And I have to give a plug to your Instagram page, which I really love. And I'm going to start to follow. It's Castellito, Castellito. Caribe. Yes,
2: that's the name of our vacation villa. So, really
0: nice. It's very nice. And we'll have all this in our show notes. Yes.
2: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for giving me no, the opportunity. You. Really You're great.
0: Thank it. you so much.
2: It's really nice to meet <laughs> you. you. All right. Take All care. Right. Bye. Take, Bye. care. Bye. take care. Bye-bye.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you know someone who's relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story with us, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at dot Our website is retire And you may follow us on Twitter at there underscore. Now, if you've liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, be well.